0: This podcast is presented to you by High Desert Word Center in Barstow, California. For more information, visit hdwc.org. All right, well, who's glad to be at Wednesday night service? Yeah! we're gonna have a good time tonight and uh man i'm excited i was praying about what to to talk about tonight and i mean i i just we're a tight-knit community we're a tight-knit church and and i know everybody and god just wanted me to bring some encouragement to us tonight for no matter what it is we're going through the title tonight is this never give up never give up and you know there's a A quote from Winston Churchill that, I mean, I just, I love this quote. He said, when you are going through hell, keep on moving. Don't stay there. Never, never, never give up. If you're going through it right now, don't stay there. Get moving. Do something about it. And, you know, it seems like some people, they may be going through hell in their life at the moment. And they decide to pitch a tent and just, like, take up camp there. And, well, it's bad. We're going to be here a while, so might as well make the best. Why would you do that? Dude, when I've been in bad spots in my life, I run. I run, man. I get moving because I don't want to live there. I don't want to stay in the valley. And some people are like, you know, how you doing, brother? Well, we're in the valley right now. What are you doing down there? We're more than conquerors. You're supposed to be on the mountaintop looking down at the valley. But a lot of people, for whatever reason, you know, we just gotta have a little bit of fight within us. And it seems like some people, you know, they, they talk about there's the fight or the flight mentality. Some people, they just, they don't, they don't have the fight mentality at all. They'll just sit there and take it or they'll hide. And listen, that is not what a child of God's supposed to do. Is that what a child of God, can you imagine Jesus hiding from the devil somewhere? I can't even, I can't even comprehend that. That would never happen. Well, he's our example. And the truth is, is that Jesus faced difficulty. Jesus didn't have a cakewalk when he was here on this earth, but he surely did not hide from the devil. He surely did not just put up with whatever came against him. He did something about it. And so tonight we're talking about never give uh. So let's go ahead and pray, and we've got a few things to discuss here, and I believe God's going to speak to you tonight if you listen to Him. Let's pray. Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you, Lord, so much, as always, that we have a great church to come and worship you in, Lord. We're surrounded by an amazing, beautiful family that that loves us, Lord. And I pray tonight that as we are gathered here in your name, that you will speak to each one of us, Lord. You will show us what we need to see, and you will encourage us and build us up so we can live the life that you have called us to live. We praise you for it tonight. In Jesus' name, everybody said? Amen. Amen. All right, let's get it. Number one is this. Everyone has mountains to face. Everybody has mountains to face. Nobody is exempt from never facing any issues in this world. Okay? If Jesus... Faced issues. If Jesus faced what we call mountains, then I know that I'm going to face some mountains in my life. There's no doubt about it. Why would He have Mark eleven twenty three that tells me to speak unto the mountains if there never were any mountains? Mount, this is a real thing, okay? There really are mountains that we face. But the fact of the matter is this, is that some people, they're not sissies. They face the mountains and they conquer the mountains. They aren't afraid of it. They actually conquer and they don't give up just because something hard comes against them. And we have got to have a generation of people that do not quit just because it gets tough. I am so thankful that... David in the Bible didn't quit when Goliath showed up. We would have never even heard of David, right? If David didn't ever beat Goliath, why would we even need to know about who he was? I'm glad that Daniel didn't cave in and, and give up and quit just because they said you can't pray to anybody except for the king for these days. He said, that doesn't matter. I'm still going to do it. Try me. Throw me to the lions. I don't care. Do it. I'm glad that he didn't give up. I'm glad that we could look all throughout the Bible. Paul, John, Peter, Jesus, all these guys, they all face troubles. And to be truthful, they face bigger troubles than I've ever faced and perhaps than you've ever faced. But they simply would not quit. No matter what came against them, they'd get knocked down, but they'd get right back up. The book of Proverbs says a righteous man can get knocked down seven times, but he just keeps getting back up. But the wicked man, you hit him once and he's down and he doesn't get back up. It's over with. So are you a righteous man or woman? Are you a wicked man or woman? You're righteous. You're right. Okay. That's the right answer. That's not a trick. Some of you are like, righteous? Okay. We got our work cut out for us. Let's go over to first Corinthians chapter 10 tonight. First Corinthians 10. There we go. First Corinthians chapter 10. And I'm telling you tonight, don't give up. Don't quit. Fight the good fight of faith. You're going to win it if you'll stick in it. But uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 10, and we're going to look here at verse 13, because what I'm trying to say right now is everybody has mountains to face. You're not unique. You're not the only one that has problems and troubles that come against you. We all have, but we got to fight them. 1 Corinthians 10, 13 in the King James, it says, There hath no temptation taken you, but such as is common to man. But God is faithful, who will not suffer you to be tempted above that ye are able, but will with the temptation also make a way to escape, that ye may be able to bear it. And I love this verse because there's so much wrapped up in that. But the Greek word right here for temptation also is the word for testing and trials. And so it tells us right here, the testing, the trials, the troubles that you face are common to man. And God's not going to let the trouble be more than you can bear. He will make a way to escape and a way to bear it. I want to show you this in the New Living Translation, a little bit more modern English. The temptations or the troubles, trials in your life are no different from what others experience. Because I know a lot of times we're tempted to think, man, I am dealing with this issue right now. And I go talk to the people at church about it, but they couldn't possibly know. They've never faced anything like this, really. So you are just that unique, you're that special, that you're the only one who has ever faced that particular problem. No, you're not. I mean, we love you, and you are special, but your problems are not unique. You are not the only one who has ever faced that situation. And in fact, the Bible tells us right here it's no different than from what others experience. But I'm glad the verse didn't stop right there. I'm glad it didn't just say, well, the troubles in your life are no different from what others experience. We're all doomed. It is what it is. Surah, surah. No, it says this. But God is faithful. That's good news right there. I said God is faithful. Say amen. Come on. God is faithful. He will not allow the temptation, trouble, trial to be more than you can stand. When you are tempted, troubled, trialed, He will show you a way out so you can endure. That is super good news tonight that no matter what it is I face, First of all, I'm not the only one that's ever faced it. Thank God for that. And second of all, God is not going to allow it to get to be something more than I could possibly handle. And the third thing, he will make a way out of the situation so I can not only endure it, but I can overcome it and I can win because I am more than a conqueror. Amen. And that's what you are tonight. You're more than a conqueror. You are somebody. And so don't feel sorry for yourself. This is encouragement. This isn't put down or judgment. This is encouragement. Don't sit there and feel sorry for yourself in your situation. Because, listen, we all know how easy it is when we're going through something to, to, to not only feel sorry for yourself, but to want others to feel sorry for you. And there is a time and a place for sympathy. There is a time and a place for uh, mercy and and, and, and and compassion. And we're all for that. But I know this much. When I had cancer, a lot of people felt sorry for me, but that did not heal me. A lot of people felt bad for me. That, you know, he's going to die. And, and, that's, and I, I appreciate the warm feelings and the new phrase that we use is, I'm sending good vibes your way. Keep your vibes. I'll take the prayers. You just... You go vibe over there, whatever that means, and I'll just, I'll be over here praying, but take the vibes. I'll I'm just over here, all right? So anyway, but people are like, uh, vibes don't heal you. Compassion is nice, but that doesn't heal you. Sympathy doesn't heal cancer. It doesn't even restore marriages. It doesn't even bring lost children back. And it's all, there's a place for it, but I'm telling you this much, if you feel sorry for yourself, if you fall into that rut, it's hard to get out of that. If you start seeing yourself as the victim, if you start seeing yourself as, man, I just got dealt a bad hand. I wish I had the privilege that this guy had. I wish that I had, I wish I just, you know, things fell into place for me like they do everybody else, but it's just, it is my life. What was me? That's just the way it's always been. Don't view it that way. You can't think about Joseph. All right. I'm not going to go there, but Joseph in the book of Genesis, Joseph had some super bad things happen to him. Tons of bad things. And life was super bad for a really long time. But then, because he didn't quit, because he didn't ever feel sorry for himself, think about it, he's sold as a slave. He's he's then put in prison. He's then, I mean, every time it seems like it couldn't get worse, he gets thumbed down again. But there's not one recorded instance of Joseph saying, all right, enough. Give me a break, God. Why do you keep do-? He never said that. And because of that, Joseph not only got out of the prison, but you know this, he was he was promoted to being the vice president of Egypt. He was the second in command of the whole country. What if, though, he had felt sorry for himself? What if he had taken the victim mentality out of all these bad things that happened to him? He never would have made it out of slavery, out of prison, out of the first pit that he got thrown into. He would have just it would have been a done deal for him but he didn't see himself as being a loser. He didn't see himself as being someone that just kept getting knocked down because he was a righteous man. He got knocked down, but he just kept getting back up. Every single time they'd hit him, he'd get back up. They'd hit him, he'd get back up. Why is that? Because God is faithful. And he makes a way out. God will make a way out for us every single time. And so we cannot fall into this trap of, of craving pity. Of craving sympathy. Although there is a place for it, as we said, if that's what you crave in life, that leaves no room for you to crave victory. You say you're not gonna, listen, do you want sympathy or do you want to be standing on top of the mountain looking down at the valley? I want to be on the mountain, man. I want to be on top of that thing looking down at where I used to be. And so, number one, everybody has the mountains that they face. You are not the only one. I am not the only one. All of us face things in this life. It's just some people don't stay there. They get up. Number two, keep on climbing. Keep on. Keep on climbing. Now, we're, we're probably all familiar, maybe are, with, with this story of the woman with the issue of blood. Let's flip over to Mark chapter 5. Has everybody heard the story of the woman with the issue of blood? Well, we're getting ready to tell it. Mark chapter five. Let's get over there. And so if you're not familiar with this lady, she had been bleeding nonstop for 12 solid years. Now, I'm thinking that that's a pretty miserable uh, instance to be in. I mean, that that would be awful. Twelve solid years of nonstop suffering, nonstop bleeding. And it's got to be an embarrassment and it says that uh, she spent all the money she had on doctors. She spent every last penny she had seeing different doctors and specialists and whatnot. But the sad part is it says she didn't get one lick better. She just kept getting worse. Twelve years of no improvement, only getting worse by the day. That is, I mean, I, I've, I've got compassion. That. That's bad. That's a bad spot. That is a bad situation to be there. But the thing is, she went to all the doctors, then finally she went to Jesus. Amen? And I'm telling you, Jesus can do things that doctors cannot do. Love doctors. They're awesome. We love them. But they can't do everything. There are some problems that are just too big for them. But there is no problem that's too big for Jesus. There's no sickness that's too incurable. There's no situation that's too impossible for Jesus Never give up. And so Mark chapter five, we'll look here at verse uh, verses twenty eight through thirty four. So this woman, she said she thought to herself, if I can just touch his robe, I will be healed. And immediately, immediately the bleeding stopped and she could feel in her body that she had been healed of her terrible condition So, you mean to tell me 12 years of doctors, 12 years of treatments, nothing better, only getting worse, one second of Jesus, and it's instantly better. So, Jesus can do in one second, unintentionally, he didn't even know that she was doing this, Jesus can do within one second what doctors can't do in 12 years. What do you think Jesus could do in our impossible situations what could Jesus do if we just gave him a few minutes? What What could Jesus do if we would fully submit our lives to him? What do you think he could do? Think he could get you out of your mess? I think he got me out of mine. Absolutely. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll keep going here, but then we'll talk some more. So, so in, in, in one second, this this bleeding immediately stops. Verse 30, Jesus realized at once that healing power had gone out from him. So he turned around to the crowd and asked, Who touched my robe? His disciples said to him, look at this crowd pressing around you. How can you ask who touched me? And if you've ever been in a crowd of thousands of people, I mean, people are bumping into you. You you don't don't have any ideas. But, 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 But look at this. But he kept on looking around to see who had done it. And then the frightened woman, trembling at the realization of what had happened to her, came and fell to her knees in front of him and told him what she had done. And he said to her, Daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace. Your suffering is over. I mean, can you imagine the relief? Can you imagine that feeling of knowing that it's over? I don't have to put up with this ever again for the rest of my life. If I had just got delivered from a 12 year nonstop 24 7 problem and Jesus himself said, that's it. It's done. You will never deal with this again. You are whole. Your faith healed you. Go. I mean, what would you do? Would you sit there? No, I mean, we'd be dancing, right? We'd be running the streets of Jerusalem, man. We'd be doing something. We'd be excited. And I'm telling you right now, this could happen to you with whatever your situation is. But the thing is, she never gave up. What if she gave up after year one? Year two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. All these years, think of how many golden opportunities she had to quit. And we all have perfect opportunities to quit. Have you noticed that? Sometimes you're just, you, you've really been putting up the fight, but then it's like, you know what? This would be the perfect time to just quit this whole thing and just be done. Sometimes there are golden opportunities just set up for making an exit off of the journey and saying, I've had enough. I'm out. But she never did that. Imagine doctor after doctor. We tried, we can't help you, but I'm still going to need you to pay me. Okay, now, now yeah we tried. Uh, maybe you should try this guy, but I still need you to pay me. And time after time again, but she just wouldn't quit. Why? Never give up. And so it says, she heard about Jesus. and I mean, we could go into Middle Eastern customs to this day, they are not friendly to women. To this day, they're not friendly to women. And so think about it. Way back then, thousands of years ago, she wasn't even supposed to be out there mingling with the men. She wasn't even supposed to be out there reaching out and touching someone like Jesus, let alone with this constant bleeding. She was risking a whole lot to even be out there in public at this time. But yet she didn't give up. She said, i got to try again. I, I know. I've got to try again. Jesus has got to be the answer. Je- I've got to give it one more shot, one more shot. i got to do this again. i got to get back up. i got to try one more time. So again, I say, what if she didn't get up that day? What if the night before she said, I've finally had it. It's not going to get better. It, what if she had said that? Well, we wouldn't be reading about her in 2018. She would not be in the Bible because nobody, nobody reads about quitters. I don't got I no reader, I have no need to go read about quitters. Why would I study that? I want to study about people that win. I want to study about people that faced a mountain, but then overcame the mountain. I don't even like to read about people that they may be extreme winners, but they've never had to face anything. So it's been easy victories. I like to study. I like to be like, I want to learn about people that actually had to fight some warfare and they won. And that's why we're reading about this lady right now, because she faced a mountain, a high mountain, a 12 year mountain, but she didn't quit. She just got back up day after day after 12 years of days. She got back up. So let's look in the Old Testament for just a minute tonight. Let's look back to Exodus chapter 14. Yes, Exodus 14. Who knows what story in Exodus 14? All righty then. Okay. Let's go there. This would be a good time to learn. This would be a great time to learn what's in Exodus 14. So this is the story of the children of Israel. They have made it out of Egypt. And so if you know the story very well, uh, Moses came and God used Moses and Aaron to deliver the people. They've been slaves to Israel for over 400 years. And so God sends a series of 10 plagues, different plagues. He turns the Nile into blood. There's a the plague of the, the, the gnats, the frogs, the complete darkness. There's these 10 plagues. That come to the people of Egypt, and so each time, you know the story. Moses or uh, uh, Pharaoh says, "Okay, fine, I'll let you guys go." Then he changes his mind. So finally, after the final plague, the death of every firstborn child for the Egyptians, he says, "All right, I'll let you go." But once again, because he's a dirty, rotten cheater, he uh, he changes his mind. He's like, "You know what? We're gonna have to build our own stuff. Go get them." And so they chase them down. Here we are. Exodus chapter 14, verse 10. Exodus 14, verse 10. As Pharaoh approached, the people of Israel looked up and panicked when they saw the Egyptians overtaking them. They cried out to the Lord and they said to Moses, why did you bring us out here to die in the wilderness? Weren't there enough graves for us in Egypt? What have you done to us? Why did you make us leave Egypt? And so here they are. They've been delivered. They got brought out, but the enemy showed up once again. And I'm telling you now, maybe you've been delivered. Maybe you got out of the thing that used to hold you down. And you're like, we're good to go. But here comes Pharaoh once again saying, nope, I'm back. Here I am. Let's do it again. And you're like, I, I thought I beat this man. I thought that I conquered this. This hasn't been an issue for a while. And yet here comes Pharaoh. Here comes the Egyptian army, and they're surrounding you. What do you do? Do you turn on your leader? Moses, this is your fault. You should have just left me there. You should have just let me die an addict. You should have just let me die a thief. You should have just let me die in poverty. They were blaming Moses. Or they could have, you know, blame God. Well, we would have been better off dying over there than out here. At least back there, there was graves. What is your response going to be? Because Pharaoh will eventually come knocking on the door again. We know this because... Jesus was tempted by Satan in the wilderness and it says he came back later on for a more opportune time So if Satan's dumb enough to come back and try Jesus later on you think that it's one and done with you and that he's not ever coming back Oh, he'll he'll try again. He'll try again But you don't have to let him win. You don't have to just roll over and play dead You can actually do something about it But these people they had the wrong attitude for a minute and so they're saying why didn't you just leave us there? We would have been better off to die over there Verse 13, but Moses told the people, don't be afraid. Just stand still and watch the Lord rescue you today. The Egyptians you see today will never be seen again. The Lord Himself will fight for you. Just stay calm. And I love that verse, man. The Lord Himself will fight for you. Just stay calm. You don't have to sit there and freak out. You don't have to sit there and, and go crazy and be full of anxiety and have a panic attack just because Pharaoh showed up. The Lord himself will fight for you. Just stay calm. God's. what did David say? He said, the battle is the Lord's. Your only job is to not freak out and just stand on the word of God. That's literally all you have to do. And then let God fight the battle. That's it. But a lot of us were like, "Oh, how am I going to do this? What am I going to do? What am I? What am I? What am I? What am I? What am I?" You're talking about you. You can't do anything anyway. So, wh- what am I going to do? That's that should not be your answer when Pharaoh comes knocking. What am I going to do now? Your answer should be, "In the name of Jesus, get out of here." The Lord himself is going to fight for me. I'm just going to stay here and chill out and stay calm and let God fight the battle. But a lot of times we're not staying calm. And so what do you think happened? Let's look at verse 21. Hopefully you know what happened, but things happened. Verse 21. So the people calmed down. Moses takes over the situation. Verse 21. Then Moses raised his hand over the sea and the Lord opened up a path through the water with a strong east wind. The wind blew all that night, turning the seabed into dry land. So the people of Israel walked through the middle of the sea on dry ground with walls of water on each side. Can you imagine being in this situation? You're literally walking through the middle of a sea. And the water is standing up on each side. And I'm, I'm guessing, I mean, a hundred feet, a couple hundred feet tall of water, just a wall of water standing up. And you're and you're walking through on completely dry ground. And I'm telling you, if you were to go suck all the water out of any pond, it's not going to be totally dry by the next morning. I don't care if you do live in Barstow. It ain't happening. It's going to take a little bit. You're supposed to have some mud to deal with. And so here they are walking through on dry ground. Can you imagine just looking at that on each side? There's walls of water and you're walking through on dry ground. It's incredible. How could this happen? Because the Lord himself will fight for you. You just got to stay calm. They couldn't have come up with that plan if they had a, a, had a 10 years to think of that. God took care of the situation. Verse 26, the story gets better. When all the Israelites had reached the other side, the Lord said to Moses... Raise your hand over the sea again. Then the waters will rush back and cover the Egyptians and their chariots and charioteers. So as the sun began to rise, Moses raised his hand over the sea and the water rushed back into its usual place. The Egyptians tried to escape, but the Lord swept them into the sea. Then the waters returned and covered all the chariots and charioteers, the entire army of Pharaoh. Of all the Egyptians who had chased the Israelites into the sea, not a single one survived. That's a pretty good day at work right there. They all died. Every single one of them died. That's what God can do in your life. But all you have to do is just stay calm and not quit. Stick with it. And what if Moses had let the people give up when they wanted to at the beginning of this story? You know what? You guys are right. I should have just left you anyway. You're a bunch of complainers. Yep. They have better burials in Egypt anyway, so we should have just let you die over there. What if he had let them quit? Thank God for leaders that love you enough to not let you quit. Thank God somebody cares enough about you to tell you the truth and say, Grow up. Don't quit. You're not the only one dealing with issues. Thank God for people like that. Now, I read something that Thomas Edison said, and I want you to hear this. Thomas Edison said, many of life's failures are people who did not realize how close they were to success when they gave up. Like, whoa. Many of life's failures are people who did not realize how close they were to success when they gave up. And you know, of course, Edison invented a lot of things. The light bulb, uh, was the alkaline battery. Lots of amazing inventions that he came up with. And you've all heard the example that I forget how many thousands of times he attempted and failed at the light bulb. A couple thousand times. And people kept saying, give it up already. This is just, it's not your thing, man. It is just not going to work. But he wouldn't quit. And what if he was, what if the two thousandth time was the right one, but he gave up on one thousand nine hundred and ninety-nine? I'm thankful at this current moment that he didn't give up. This building doesn't even have windows. Can you imagine how dark it would be in here right now if we had no light bulbs? Come in here during the week sometime when it's very dark. But anyway, that's beside the point. I'm really thankful that that man didn't quit when other people told him to. And he said a lot of the failures in life are people that didn't know how close they were to having the right answer. They were this close to success when they finally quit. Albert Einstein said, it's not that I'm so smart. It's just that I stay with problems longer than anybody else. Again, he said, it's not that I'm so smart. It's just that I stay with problems longer than anyone else. I'm like, hey, that's it, man. I can handle not being the the sharpest knife in the drawer. I can handle not being the smartest dude in Barstow, but I can't handle being a quitter. I will not be called a quitter. You can call me whatever all day long, but you will not call Pastor David J. Samples a quitter because I will, I'm not going to say I'm going to die, but I will not quit. I refuse to quit. And I know you guys are the same way. There's no quitters in this room. We got a room full of people that are just going to stick with it until they get to the top of the mountain. And so, what are we saying? Number one, everyone faces mountains. Number two, don't quit. But this, number three, God is able. God is able. That's good news right now, because if the one that I'm looking to to rescue me isn't even able to rescue me, it's going to be a long day. It's going to be a bad day. I am doomed if God Almighty himself isn't even able to get me out of my unique problem that nobody else has ever faced before. But thank God that it's, I'm not the only one to face it. And also that God is able and he's helped millions of people out of the situation that I'm in. He's helped millions and billions of people out of the situation that you're in right now. But there's been a lot of people that haven't made it out. Why? Because they quit. They gave up. I want to be like the people that didn't give up. I want to be like the people that made it. I like what my dad says. He talks about when the doctors uh, were talking about the leukemia that I had. And they said, well, just so you know, only 30% or whatever it was of children, 70% die. And he said, okay. If 99% die, my sons and 1% that lives. If 99 die, okay, there's still good news. That means one lives. Somebody's going to be that one. I'll be that one. And so no matter what bad news comes to you, well, 99% of couples don't make it out of that. Well, thank God. We're the one. We're the one. 99% of people. Well, thank God. I'm the one that makes it out of this. So you can add to your statistics now. Amen. So, God is able. Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8. Let's turn over there. Great chapter. Romans chapter 8 is an incredible chapter. Is anybody getting anything tonight? I think you should come back next week. I think you should come on Mother's Day. Moms, do you think they should come on Mother's Day this Sunday? Henry's gonna be camping out here, so yeah. S'mores in the kitchens. But I'm telling you, man, be here we got some cool stuff planned on Sunday for Mother's Day. It is gonna be a really great day. Be here Sunday, especially if you're a mom. Romans chapter eight, verse thirty one, in the King James it says, What shall we then say to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? And so if God's for us, who can be against us? Who cares who's against us? Cause God's for us. And so if God's on my team, I don't care who I'm facing that week. It's like if I'm playing basketball down at the city park and I've got Michael Jordan and Shaq on my team or whatever and LeBron. I don't care bringing anybody in the whole high desert. I don't care who we're playing. I just gotta show up and let them do all the hard work. I just gotta show up and not do, be stupid, right? Give them the ball and stand out of the way. That's all I would do and I would win every single time. Right? And so a lot of us are like, oh, I don't know what I'm gonna do this. Man, pass it to God and shut up. Pass it, get, pass it to Him, man. Quit trying to figure out in your own ability. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not unto your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge Him and He will direct your paths. And I found out when He directs your paths, it goes a lot better than when you direct your path. And so pass the ball and just stay out of the way and don't screw it up. It's, I mean, it's not rocket science on how to, you know, be a successful Christian. But verse 37, skip down there, it says, Nay, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. That's good news. And I listen, if it just said, hey, you're a conqueror through him, I'd be like, that's good news. I'm good with that. But it didn't even say that. It said, you are better than you are more than a conqueror because of him. And I, hey, I, I would have been good with a conqueror, but I'd rather be more than, better than, greater than a conqueror. And I can be because of Christ Jesus. It has zero to do with me and everything to do with him. So if God is on your side, you're still in it. You still have a chance, even if it seems like the midnight hour. Even if it seems like, uh, I don't know about this. Listen, if God is for you, who can be against you? You've still got a shot at this thing. You may be down by 50 points in the fourth quarter, but you're still in it. Because God's on your side. You can do this. You just have to not quit. And so we told you that God is able. But you know what's even better than having a God that is able? We've got a God that is willing God is willing, he wills to bail you out of your situation. He wills, it is his will to pull you up out of the ditch and get you back on the right path. God is not only able, God is willing. Can you imagine if your car was just all messed up and you went to the mechanic? You're like, can you check this out? Oh yeah, I can tell you what the problem is right now. It's this, this and this. Oh good, are you able to fix that? Yeah, I'm able to fix that. Good, can you do it? Nope. I've got the money. I don't care. Okay. You, but you know how to, write? Yeah, I do this every day. I know, I know exactly how to fix that. Okay. Could you do it for me? No. Why? I'm not willing. I'm able. I'm just not willing to help you. Then the next guy comes in with the same problem and he helps that guy. What? Can you imagine that? What's the deal? Well, I've got favorites. Does God have favorites? No. And I know some of you think you are God's favorite, but you're not. I could go there. I've got a lot of Scripture to back that up. I'm willing I'm willing to have this fight. But anyway, I'm not going to do that. You are not God's favorite. He does love you, but He loves all of us the same, right? He loves everybody. God, God has no favorites. But imagine that. Or imagine you go to the doctor. Man, you've been in pain for a long time. And he goes in there and he says, Oh yeah, I know exactly what's wrong with you. I just helped somebody ten minutes ago. Oh, thank God. Are you able to help me? Yes, I am able. Then can you help me? No, I cannot. Well, why? I'm not willing. I don't want to help you. Please, I've got the money. I've got the... I don't want to. It's not my will to help you. Would that ever happen? Hopefully that would never happen. But I can tell you this much. With God, that will never happen. Not only is He able, He is willing. And He wants you to get out of your situation. He wants to heal you. He wants to deliver you. He wants to restore you. He wants to get you that job. He wants to bring you to that next level. He wants you to have a good life. He said, I've come that they may have life and have it more abundantly, John ten ten. And so you've got to know that not only is God able, God is absolutely willing and He is for you. He is on your side. Let's look at one last verse tonight. That's Ephesians 3, verse 20. Ephesians 3 20. Amen. Amen. God is for us. Ephesians 3.20. And you gotta see this one. This is another one you should highlight. Ephesians 3 20. I love this. It says this. Now unto him. That is able to do exceeding, abundantly, above all that we ask or think, according to the power that worketh in us. Says he's able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above anything you could even ask or think. And so you could sit there and like, I got a big one to ask God. Well, he could do a lot better than that. You're sitting there, man, if I could just, I've got a dream of what I want it to be like. He's saying, that's good, but that's, I could do a lot better than that. That's all you got. I mean, that's the best you can come up with, says he can do exceedingly, abundantly above anything that you could even ask or think. It's according to the power that works in us. The power is already on the inside. All you have to do is take it by faith. You've just got to believe and not give up. And God will do the absolute impossible. He'll part the Red Sea in your life. He'll get you up out of the lion's den in your life. He'll bring you through the fiery furnace that you've been in in your life. He'll deliver you from whatever it is you're facing in your life. My encouragement tonight is this. Just don't give up. You you could be this close. You could be the thing you've been fighting for this whole time. You could be this close, just like Edison. Don't give up. And watch what God can do for you. God's on your side. He wants you to win. Just don't quit. Amen? Let's go ahead in there tonight. Let's stand up. Stand up together. I feel like it's the movie Hoosiers. You ever seen that where it starts off? All right. We can go beat the big city team now. All right. All right, well, if you need prayer for anything tonight, we want to pray for you. Thank you for listening to this podcast. For more information, visit hdwc.org.